This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hello, I'm Sarah Gregory, and today I'm talking with Dr. Loganathan Panasami, a principal research scholar at North Carolina State University. We'll be discussing detection of Orientia species bacteria in chiggers in North Carolina. Welcome, Dr. Panasami. Thank you for having me on your podcast, Sarah. I've heard of chiggers as little red things that burrow under your skin, particularly in the South, and they're really itchy. But what exactly is a chigger? The chiggers are a larval stage of mice. They are very tiny and about 100-inch length. In other words, four to five times smaller than mustard tea. Mustard tea and they are difficult to spot with naked eye. They typically bright reddish-orange color help in identifying them. So among the mites life cycle, it is only the chigger that bite human or animal. Unpaired chiggers usually aggregate on leaves, grass blades, and wait for people or animal to pass by. When chigger attach to the host organism, they find a suitable area on the skin where they cannot be easily seen and start to feed. The other life stage of the mice are either inactive or predatory, generally feeds on arthropods eggs or small arthropods. What causes the itchiness in people? First, I need to say that chigger do not burrow into skin and feed on uh, as many think. Instead, chiggers attach to human and they use the sharp blade-like mouth part to cut into the skin of the host and then inject salivary fluid which containing a protein digesting enzyme to liquidify epidermal tissues for feeding. In the feeding process, tube-like structure called stylosome is found by salivary secretion. The host human responds to the foreign enzyme that causes the itchiness. I see. Okay, so what is their geographic range? As I said, I've only encountered them in the south of the United States. You can find a chigas almost everywhere throughout in the world, in particular in the U.S., Chigas have been reported in all 50 states, but prevalently in Sunbelt region of the nation, which in California, Texas, Utah, Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida, and North Carolina state that I live. It makes sense that chigas are predominantly in Sunbelt region because chigas are most commonly encountered during warm spring and summer weather. I never knew they carried diseases. I thought they were just itchy, as I said. What kinds of pathogens can they carry? Some species of chigas are known to carry the intercellular bacteria pathogen, Orientia species, that causes potentially life-threatening disease known as Creptipus. In addition to Orientia species, several other pathogens like Anaplasma, Bartonella, Borrelia, and Rickettsia species being also reported in the chigas, but not being reported to cause any illness to human. 
So what kinds of pathogens can they transmit to people when they bite them? Yes. When cigarette bites, they can spread bacterial pathogens during the feeding process to the people. As of now, we know only Orientia is being transmitted via infective cigarette bites. The scrub type threatens 1 billion people globally and causes illness to 1 million people each year. And because scrub type share some common clinical symptom with other recursive diseases like rocky-mounted water fever, it is easy to misdiagnose it. In fact, uh, the recent review uh, of the literature from 1999 to 2017 estimate that over 60% of recachial disease outside of the U.S. were misdiagnosed. Why did you do this study? What were you looking for when you began? Well, until 2010, scrap typhus was exclusively reported in so-called Shushumiki Triangle. Asia-specific region stretching from Pakistan in west to far east Russia in the east to north Australia in south. But Strathibus was found recently in Middle East, southern Chile in South America, and Africa. As I mentioned earlier, we also know that sugars are present in the U.S., but we know nothing about the epidemiology of potential sugar bond disease in the U.S. So we were wondering, therefore, you know, curious to know whether the sugar in the U.S. harbor any pathogen. So that led to, you know, to do the study. Okay, so what are the dates of the study and where did you look? In, I think this work started in 2020. We collect the pre-living sugars from 10 sites in North Carolina State Park. So the molecular work was done in our lab at North Carolina State University. And how did you go about collecting the chiggers? Well, for collecting chiggers, we basically laid a black tile in the wood or tall grass area. The black black tiles are usually uh, used because they make it easy to see the reddish color of the chiggers on the tile especially when they are crawling. We pick them using camel brush and then transfer into the tube containing ethanol. Take a moment here and tell us briefly about your study. So the collected chigas were taken into the lab, and then we extract the DNA of the chiga sample. Then PCR amplification was carried out using specific part of the bacterial 16S rRNA gene. Then we sequenced amplified um, gene using next-gen sequencing technology, then compare them with already established sequence database for confirmation of the bacteria species present in the chigas. What did you find? So we found Orientia DNA sequencing five of the 10 sampling sites with high prevalence of this bacteria in two of our outdoor recreation area that we sampled. This is the first time we identified Orientia species in pre-living chivas within the United States. So subsequent phylogenetic analysis showed sequence we obtained from our study matches to 99.5% to 100% 
in Nikwata Radinitri with Orient Shashasunik strain, which was isolated from human scrap typhus case in Karaswaka village in Japan. Is this pathogen spreading, and if so, why? Or is it just that it wasn't properly identified before? Short answer, Sarah, we don't know if this is a recent introduction into the United States or if the bacterium has been here for years and has not been identified. What about animals getting bit? Could they create a zoonotic transmission chain? It could be very well. It has been demonstrated outside of the U.S. that small animals, especially small rodents, are the most common host for cigars. But in the U.S., it is yet to be determined if oriental species can be transferred from cigars to other animals or even if they exist in animals at all. What's the epidemiologic significance of what you found? So our results from this study indicate probable local circulation of Orientia in cigars because the cigars we used in this study were unfed, meaning that they had acquired the infection from the previous generation through the mother. This suggests that Orientia is particularly transmitted and raised the concern for potential exposure of local residents to this potentially serious vector-borne disease. So they're born with the pathogen. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, they, they go through the egg. The mother, you know, provided to the egg, and then they transfer. Basically, yeah, that's correct. I see. Okay. Did anything you discovered surprise you? Well, Sarah, I would say no one yes. I was not very much surprised because up to date, Orient species has been discovered in almost every continent. But the United States, which made me think that it was here but undiscovered. On the other hand, finding very, very high level of Orient prevalence in two of the parks really surprised me. I was not expecting uh, that high level, 80 and 90 percent of, you know, prevalence in two of the parks. That's really makes me surprised. One of the authors on the study works for the Georgia Museum of Natural History. How was the museum involved? Dr. Doug Crossley is a well-renounced cigar systematist and taxonomist. He helped in identifying the species of the cigar that we collected from our sampling sites. He also, instrumental in getting this project started as he offered a great deed of knowledge on how to successfully collect the free-living cigars using the black ties method. Thank you very much, Doc. It's really very helpful for us. I see. What are the public health implications of what you discovered? Yes, this is a very good question. As it stands now, we do not have concrete evidence that Orientia infected cigar in the United States pose a public health risk. But we do know that all three known species are known to cause the disease in the outside the U.S. Although we found the Oriental species in our study to be closely related to Oriental Susumigi, we cannot say for sure because we don't have any clinical data. For now, the general public should be aware of symptoms when bitten by cigars and seeks medical attention, 
in addition public health worker and medical practitioner should at least be on the look out diagnostic vector bond disease with a similar symptom to strep typhus so you mentioned further studies what further studies do you think need to be done so while currently we don't we, we know that all three variants of species identified in overseas cause the human disease but we do not know the health impact of oriental species that we identified within the us also we do not know the prevalence of oriental beyond our sampling area so we need to do further research to determine the prevalence within the whole us maybe one or few state at a time Dr. Panasami, where do you work? What's your job and what's great about that job? So, I worked at Department of Entomology and Plant Pathology at North Carolina State University. I am a microbiologist with a research interest in arthropod microbe interaction, discovering a new things and overcome scientific challenges that at long run are directly relevant to positively shaping people's livelihood is what i love to do in a world of climate change seemingly more and more natural disasters and as we know an increase in emerging infectious diseases what worries you the most is a really very good question sara as i as a microbiologist i see climate change causing the geographic expansion of infectious diseases raising temperatures making originally unfavorable environment favorable for pathogen vector and host to interact causing an emerging um, infectious disease for example tropical country like india where i grew up have a strep typhus almost all year round in the us the temperature climate lead to seasonal occurrence of vector borne disease but climate change is changing seasonal period which eventually affect the life cycle of pathogen vector and host by allowing infectious disease to emerge in period that were previously unfit for those organisms to survive and spread disease well on that somewhat unhappy note thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today dr panaswami thank you very much sara thank you for having me on your podcast And thank you for joining me out there. You can read the August 2023 article Detection of Orientia Species Bacteria and Field Collected Free Living Eutrombicula Chigger Mites United States online at cdc.gov/eid. I'm Sarah Gregory for Emerging Infectious Diseases. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.